0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. a sinner. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. In his great mercy God made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in our sins. Hear the word of Christ through his called servant. I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the
1: Holy Spirit. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you chose the Virgin Mary to be the mother of your son, and made known through her your gracious regard for the poor, and lonely and despised. Grant that we may receive your word in humility and faith, And so be made one with Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
0: The first lesson for the Feast of the Visitation is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits.
0: The second lesson is written in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand.
1: <laughs> alleluia, alleluia. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia.
0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. Glory be to
1: you, O Lord. Glory be to you, O Lord.
0: At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name, his mercy He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. The visitation of Mary to Elizabeth is an extraordinary encounter. Two women who had both conceived miraculously, which had been announced by the same angel, Gabriel, Upon the announcement to Mary, she hurries immediately and travels a long distance, perhaps as much as a hundred miles, to visit her relative Elizabeth. And when they meet, miracles occur. The moment Mary speaks and, and the Son of God within her womb and the Holy Spirit inspire Mary and Elizabeth and even the child in Elizabeth's womb to act. And then to cap it off, we have Mary's song, the Magnificat, a most extraordinary song of praise. But on the other hand, their visit is entirely ordinary and understandable. You have two women, both unexpectedly pregnant, who need someone to talk to and the only possible person that, they, that could fit the bill, who would possibly understand, is each other. These two. Think of it. Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, is no help in the conversation department these days. He's been silent for six months and will be for another three. And Mary, to whom she had just received this extraordinary news, who could she tell? Who could she talk to that would possibly believe her except this one woman, her relative, that the angel Gabriel had mentioned to her in in his announcement to her. So she gets up and she goes, she travels a hundred miles. She goes and they visit. They visit for three months, these two and they talk to each other. But their conversation, their visitation, is an instruction for us. It is a guide to godly conversation. What was it that brought these two women together? Well, they were relatives. We're not sure how closely or exactly how they were related. But they lived a hundred miles away from each other, so they couldn't have been that close. Elizabeth, on the, at the same time, was old and Mary was rather young. But they were both women. And as women, they were both capable of bearing children. I know this might be a contentious point in today's world that, that childbearing is a part of womanhood. womanhood. But before someone reminds me that not every woman can bear children or expects to, let me remind you that until recently, neither of these women were expecting to bear a child. One was too old, her time was past. Another was, her time was yet to, still to come. And yet they were made for this. Their womanhood, their biological creation, their child-bearing bodies, and now their common condition brings them together. Neither woman was planning on this, but from now on, for the rest of their lives, now they were mothers. And due to unique circumstances, these two, of all women, could really only talk to each other. But what will they say? How will they discuss this thing that has happened? The visit begins rather normally. Mary enters the house and and greeted Elizabeth. She probably used a typical greeting among Jews, probably shalom, which means peace. But here is where ordinary ends. At this word, The baby inside Elizabeth's womb leaps and Elizabeth herself is filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, it's a point that might seem normal to us but controversial in our world that babies in the womb are, in fact, babies who hear greetings and who respond to what they hear. But Elizabeth also responds, and she says, "'Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb." Another controversial idea that children in the womb are a blessing, always a blessing. "'And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me?' Now Mary's child at this point is much smaller, newly conceived, possibly as as few as one to two weeks along." If she hadn't been told by the angel, Mary might not have even known that she had conceived. But Elizabeth confesses the truth. Mary is a mother. And her child, possibly smaller than a speck of dust at this point, the child is her Lord, her God. Blessed is she who has believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. What was happening to her happened because of the Word of God, as an act of God. When these women visit and talk, they do not merely speak about, about how they feel, about what they fear, or in the way that everyone else talks about their situation, their new unexpected place in life. In other words, how they speak about their, their calling, their vocation. Even though Elizabeth surely had longed for children for years, perhaps she had prayed as urgently as Hannah in the Old Testament. She also had to know that raising a child so light, late in life would be no picnic. Mary, on the other hand, perhaps she had planned, she had expected to have a little bit more fun in her teenage years before settling down. Perhaps she expected to get some spend more time with, with her betrothed <coughs> husband Joseph before the baby came. Surely she did not expect her firstborn to be born away from home in a stable. She didn't expect to have to live a couple of years in hiding in Egypt for the baby's safety. And I would only imagine that Mary spent most of her mothering years just wondering when and how A sword would pierce her own soul, too, as Simeon prophesied. When these godly women visit, they rejoice in how God has blessed them with children this vocation. They confess that it was given to them, not by the will of man or the decision of a husband, but by the will and the gift of God of God, which is true of all children, given by the gift and the will of God, and also true of all God-giving callings. So, when we speak of them, when we converse, Either our conversation can revolve around whether we like them or not, or or want them or not, or how they make us feel or fulfill us. Or we can speak as Christians, who see and speak of our callings as given to us by God for our good and the good of our neighbor, despite any hardship that they may bring upon us. Either we can see our situations as merely the result of our own work, our own planning, situations, or opportunities. Or we learn to say and speak of them as God says. Which brings us to the second notable characteristic of their conversation. That their conversation reflects what God says. They reflects the Word of God, is imbibed with the Word of God and filled with it, and showing that that Word is fulfilled in their lives. Elizabeth, we're told, is filled with the Holy Spirit, which, which seems to take place at the greeting of Mary by a word that originates in the Son of God that Mary is carrying, voiced in Mary's greeting and given to Elizabeth, that she would know and believe what the angel had told Mary, She knows, before Mary opens her mouth, what had been told her and promised her. And she speaks accordingly. That is, that she recognizes the child in Mary's womb as her Lord. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Elizabeth says. Recognizing, confessing, speaking, that the child is the fulfillment of the promise first made to Adam and Eve, that a seed, a seed of the woman, would destroy the, the devil. And that promise repeated to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob that all nations on earth will be blessed through your descendants. And then Mary, Mary sings. Her song, which is called the Magnificat, is like a summation of all of the psalms and all of the prophecies of the Old Testament that spoke of Christ. For this, Mary is called the lead singer of the New Testament. I only wish we had the time to go over verse by verse of Mary's Magnificat and each reference in detail. We'll have to save that for another time. But in short, we'll say comment note that, that Mary's song is most similar to the song of Hannah, which we sang in our intro today, which she sings when she also conceived a child, the child Samuel. But the Magnificat alludes to dozens more concepts and verses from all over the Psalms and all over the prophets. In short, Mary, in all humility, magnifies God for granting this grace upon her, that it is a mercy and a blessed, blessing bestowed on her. And then she praises God for the mighty act of salvation, that he has sent mighty act of salvation and the mercy that he has shown to all people by sending his Son. So here's the thing. Here's the lesson. Mary and Elizabeth were able to see and speak of their new calling in the light of God's word because they knew God's word. There were many things the Bible didn't teach them. The Bible didn't teach them how to give birth, how to nurse a baby, or how to change a diaper. But it did teach them how to see those acts of their calling. It did teach them to see the big picture of what God was doing in whatever calling He placed on them. And they had apparently spent enough time listening, learning, and repeating the precious Word of God so that when these sisters in faith visited and talked, the Word that they had so deeply imbibed just came flowing out concerning their calling and conversation. Your own vocation may not be as central to God's plan of salvation as the mothers of John the Baptist and Jesus. Your children are surely not the saviors of the world and neither are you. But let us nevertheless learn to speak about all our callings as God does as Mary and Elizabeth do as gifts of God to us and as an integral part of his work in the world and we should learn to expect we should expect to learn about the work of God only by searching and listening and contemplating the word of God you see, if you really want to know the will of God, what God is doing in the world, you want to know what God says about this world and what's going on in it, what he says about you and what's going on with you, you must find Jesus. For Jesus is God's own right arm. Jesus is the might of and the mercy of God by which He acts upon us. If you were to listen and to look in on Mary and Elizabeth's conversation, you might not, at first glance, have been able to recognize Jesus. Mary certainly wasn't showing yet. But it was all there. For Jesus had spoken. He had spoken through the mouths of psalmists and prophets. And here he had spoken through the mouths of Elizabeth and Mary. That is in the word that they had absorbed, possibly from their mother and father. The words of Jesus come out of her mouth, not because Mary carried him in her womb, but because she believed in him in her heart. If we wish to learn the lesson of godly conversation, of learning to talk and to sing like Mary and Elizabeth about our own callings, about what's happening to us and the world, we must hear Jesus speak. We must listen to his voice, read, study his word. Listening here is a good start. But I'm not sure it's enough. This would be where private devotion, corporate Bible study come in. Don't be mistaken. There's not a single one of us who already knows too much to learn more. These women, Mary and Elizabeth, needed to talk to each other. So do we. First we listen, then we speak. May we, in our conversation, speak as God speaks about all our callings and lives. And let his word dwell in us so richly that it pours forth from our mouths and lips whenever we need to talk. Amen. Please do. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Mighty God, you have done great things for us, looking upon our humble estate and exalting us to be your children for Jesus' sake. Preserve us by your holy word, that we might properly fear your name and rejoice in it all our days. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Mighty God, blessed is the fruit of Mary's womb, for she bore your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns for eternity. Receive our thanks for the gift of children, conceived and born among your people today. Bring these little ones from the womb safely and quickly to the waters of holy baptism. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Mighty God, you are the creator of all life. Have mercy on those women who are unable to conceive, or who suffer the heartbreak of miscarriage. Be their rock against despair, provide them consolation and purpose in your Son, and restore them to exalt in your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, Amen. mighty God and worthy judge, from you proceeds the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Give wisdom to those who make, administer, and judge our laws, that they may serve faithfully in their tasks. According to your good pleasure, for the benefit of your people. Lord, in your mercy, yes. mighty God, you exalt those of humble estate and fill the hungry with good things. Grant that the sick, the homebound, the immobile, the lonely, the depressed, the mentally ill, the dying, and all others who have been brought low may be delivered from their afflictions and encouraged by your gospel. In all things and at all times, may they magnify your name and give thanks for your loving care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Mighty God, give us joy that as surely as your son was conceived in Blessed Mary at your word, so he comes to abide in us also at your word in the Blessed Sacrament. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, you have done great things for us, delivering us from death to life through Christ our Lord. Mercifully hear our prayers and answer them according to your will for the sake of your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
0: It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For by the Holy Spirit your only begotten Son was conceived in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary and brought forth in the substance of our human flesh, that we might partake of his divine life. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Almighty God, endless is your mercy and eternal is your reign. Out of love you created us and everything which exists. In mercy you preserved the church in Noah's day with a flood. In grace you promised to bless us through Abraham's seed. With patience you protected that seed through the judges and kings of Israel. In faithfulness you repeated your promises through the prophets. And when the time had fully come, you sent your son, born of a woman, born under law to redeem those under law with a perfect and sufficient sacrifice which paid the price for the sins of the entire world.
1: Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore,
0: gracious Lord, we bow before you in thankfulness for your many and varied gifts, for Christ's redemptive death, his victorious resurrection, his ascension promises, and his powerful reign at your right hand. Bolstered by your endless grace and Pentecost spirit, we eagerly await his glorious return. and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The
1: peace of the Lord be with you always.
0: God the Father, source of all goodness, in your loving-kindness you sent your Son to share our humanity. We thank you that through him you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We also pray that you will not forsake us, but will rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, so that we willingly serve you day after day. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.